iOS 15 has been a big topic of conversation over the past, I don't know, six months. What are you seeing on your end, right? You send millions of emails per year. You literally run a newsletter business. What are your thoughts on iOS 15? Has it been worse than you thought? Not as bad as you thought? About what you thought? For us, it's been more or less as I thought. So it was difficult for me to, to say exactly where, but it's within the range that I expected. Um, so uh, just to kind of clarify what iOS 15 has done is people who use Apple Mail, they can enable a privacy feature, which almost everyone does. It's like kind of a default, you can say. Um, and then all emails from those users show up as open. And then, you know, your open rates skyrocket. That's kind of uh, the main change. But for us, they improved, like the open rates increased from like 48% on average in August, early September to then let's say in December is when it's like the latest full month where you can uh, assume that the rollout was the you know, at its highest around 54%. So it's been a little bit of an increase there, but we also, in terms of like engagement overall and open rates or like affecting other clients that don't use Apple Mail privacy hasn't been much of an effect. So it's not, um, I wouldn't call it a bad thing, but it's just more like the open rate status way more misleading now. That's the only thing that is a big change. And we want to kind of fix that, have some ideas there. Right on. And I know before we hit record, you're talking about one thing that you're actually doing to kind of prompt a response and kind of prompt that engagement. So it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to say, right? Like whether that increase in open rates is inflated through iOS 15 or if you are actually now maybe inboxing better because you've got more people to click and reply, do you mind sharing kind of what the thing that you've done to, you know, prompt sure. kind of the reply and that engagement? Yeah, sure. So um, I don't think the open rate has been increased because of that, because since we started doing that, we have been inboxing better, at least in our tests. So that's a good thing. And then also we do know, like if you follow year over year, when we looked at our stats, it's like we used to have in 2019, I think we were like 42% open rate. Then uh, 2020, around like 45, I think, or 46. And then like last year, it was around 48 average, a little bit higher than that because of the end of the year iOS 15 issue. But basically what we've done to, this is mostly for Gmail, but it helps for most, is we ask for a reply in our welcome emails. The first email that the person, the new subscriber gets from us, uh, it, it asks for a reply. And we thought like, what's a good incentive for that reply? And we incentivize them to reply to get our annual report. So we post one report every year. We did like 2019, 2020, and now the 2021 is has been released like a week ago or so, where we essentially like try to pull the curtain on the business and you see how the newsletter business is ran, what's the you know revenue, expenses, stuff like that. And people reply to it and usually they not just reply once, but there's very often like a few conversations going on, which is very helpful. Yeah, it's super interesting. And by the way, so Manu runs Stacked Marketer. It's a newsletter I've personally been subscribed to for at least the past two or three years. And in this report, which you guys should definitely read, it's really cool. He breaks down revenue. So for example, for the year of 2021, they did $366,000 in revenue. You know, he's got about a list right now, about 23,000 subs. But throughout last year, it ranged from 16 to one to 21,000 subs. And it's really cool that you break down kind of your average revenue per subscriber per month. We kind of talk about that. So you put a dollar thirty nine. So how do you make mm-hmm. money kind of through your business? Like how did you do almost four hundred thousand dollars in revenue? We that's mostly through uh, paid ads in our newsletter. So we have uh, sponsored placements within the newsletter itself. It's a free newsletter. So then 
The way to monetize that is through sponsored content. And part of it is also from our inside subscriptions, but it's so small that we didn't broke it out of it. It's like, it's, you know, it's nice. It's a good progress, but it's not worth mentioning yet. So let's see how this year goes on that front. And um, then the calculation is probably a little bit more interesting because we sell our packages. Like it's, um, you know, let's say quarter one, 2021, we have around 16, 17,000 subscribers. And then we discuss with advertisers, look, we have 17,000 subscribers. These are our stats. Do you want to book anything for Q1, Q2 or whatever? And then once they book and then everything like the IO and invoicing is done, then we count that as revenue. So then we look at approximately, it's not like pixel perfect or like it's not like, you know, to the dot, but we look, okay, 17,000, this is how much they pay. This is the revenue per subscriber from this sponsor. So then we look month over month revenue per subscriber based on like the average subscriber list that we had in that month that we you know presented to sponsors then that's how that number comes up so it's not uh, you know it's not that users pay us it's through the ads that we sell based on how many subscribers we have got it and then the last thing on ios and we'll kind of move around did Mm -hmm. how you kind of approach or pitch or report to sponsors change through ios like are you now leveraging things like click-throughs and conversion more so than before or is the same way that you charge and report and kind of contribute success uh, the same? Uh, it's similarly because we still always uh, had unique clicks as the main thing we reported. So of course we still talk about open rates um, and then we still talk about click like unique clicks, which was the main thing we did before. One thing I would say changed in our case is that instead of, um, so it used to be like in our media kit, we had the placement and we didn't talk about how many clicks it gets. We just said like, look, this is how many uh, total subscribers we have. This is our open rate. So this is how many people read the newsletter every day. But now I did uh, see, I would say a positive answer when we added for each placement, like a click range. So they know like approximately how much traffic they should expect from it. And that's probably helpful, especially now, because from what I understood in most conversations, most sponsors are starting to look at how how many clicks, like unique clicks you can send to them rather than what exposure they get, what branding it's like, it's useful, but it's not as good. So um, it's much easier to look at that number now. It's more accurate. Although on this front, I would say that we do try to kind of um, counterbalance the iOS 15 update. Um, So we clean our list all the time. That's why our open rate was pretty good even before iOS 15. And I noticed, uh, I would say December 17, I started uh, a new automation. So like a re-engagement automation. So you have the typical ones where like people don't open at the beginning, people who drop off. Those are you know common for most businesses, even e-commerce, not necessarily newsletters. But another one that we added now is a segment, like we segmented and automated re-engagement sequence for people who open every single newsletter for the past 40 times but never click a link, right? Because that's more likely to be iOS 15 nowadays. It's like if they open every single newsletter, it's super rare. But if someone is so engaged that they open, they usually click at least one link. Like we have the brain teaser that's popular. People click that. There's there's something in 40 newsletters that people click. But if they open every single one and never click, then it's almost certainly iOS 15. And from that, we noticed that around... Uh, a little bit over 1% of our list was iOS 15 and kind of got disengaged. So like around 200 something people from initially it was like 300 in that segment, but then like 50 ish of them actually be engaged. And they were like real users just showing up as opening more often than they really do. 
And uh, yeah, now it's kind of, uh, I would say as close to reality as it can be. So our open rate, although high, it's probably not super exaggerated. It's probably still should be around 40 to 50% real open rate, I would say. That's super interesting. And is that email that the folks that are iOS 15 folks that are kind of, you know, automatically opening emails or showing that they're opening emails? Are you basically just saying like, hey, you know, iOS 15 has made this pretty difficult for us. We want to know if you want to be here or not. If you are, please just yeah. click here or hit replies. It's kind of something to that nature. Yeah, exactly. So we just say like, look, we usually don't want to send these sort of things. It might be a mistake, but, you know, iOS 15 usually means that every email looks as open. We don't care if you really open it or not, aside from the fact that do you want to be subscribed or not for us? If you don't want to be subscribed, that's fine. If you want to keep email privacy and have 100% open rate, that's fine. We just don't want to send emails where that you don't really want to read. That's the main thing for us, so... Yeah, it's so interesting. So like in the e-com world, uh, historically, we send what's called a sunset unengaged. It's essentially a breakup series, mm-hmm. but it's almost for folks that it's like the almost the inverse, like people that never open, right? When open rates were a metric yep. that were reliable, it's for people that never open. So you almost have this now for people that open all of it, right? Because it's like, it's like too much. You, you have too much time on your hand. This is not natural. They're not normal. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm flattered in theory that you're opening all my emails, but is it is it real? Right. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so but I'm wondering for e-commerce if it's actually possible because I'm thinking about it like we send one email every weekday so we have a high frequency of sending emails if you send one a week you cannot you cannot unsubscribe people who are opening four emails or anything like that or like even eight you have to probably wait like a whole year or something to think about that yeah so like with the the breakup series where people don't open uh when you yeah, send well, that-, that one is easier I think but the ones where they open every single email I would be worried about this if you don't send like you know three four emails a week at least yeah, I think I feel like similar logic would apply in that case where it's like you would trigger that based off of time or number of emails received. And like every mm-hmm. business would yeah. probably have a slightly different cadence. Yeah, so, that's what we do as well. We don't have a time frame as in last two months. We just have last 40 newsletters that we sent. Yeah, exactly. So like if an e-commerce brand is sending like one campaign a week and then potentially they'd be eligible to receive maybe one automation, you know, they're getting mm-hmm. one to two emails a week. You know, you probably want to wait until they get at least like 10 or 15 emails. But in some cases, like yeah. to your point, like that could take three, four, five, six months sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the larger the list, the more frequently you send, the more you know, immediate the feedback loop you're gonna get and the better the data you're gonna have. So yeah. kind of interesting. Um yeah, the, like the, the reason I thought about 40 in our case is that our average click through rate, so unique clicks per email is around seven percent. So I was thinking like, okay, what are the chances that someone gets even close to the average? Let's like 40, if they click one in 40, it means 2.5% click through rate. So it's already almost a third of the average. So it's like, it's, if, if they're less than the bottom 33% in click through rate, but top 0.1% in open rates, that's the segment that you want to talk to about, you know, being a little bit like Apple mail privacy users by the looks of it. Yeah, and I know the sample size isn't huge yet, where you mentioned there's probably give or take a couple hundred people, around 200 people in that uh, audience subset. And obviously, right, like that's going to be growing over time. What are you yeah. seeing? Like, are those people replying? Are they clicking? Is it still showing them just opening? Well, they're mostly clicking. So they're mostly clicking. I think they kind of understand like what's going on overall because they, you know, they got a big prompt by Apple that people will start not being able to track them, right? Like, it sounds good on, on paper at first, but if everyone would set up these re-engagement emails, they're probably going to be like, Apple, what have you done to me? <laughs> it's like privacy, but now everyone's emailing me more. So I'm not sure if it's a win-win in the end, but yeah. Well, I think I think right now, like 
with you doing this, you're probably like on the the early front, right? So people are probably more receptive to engaging and helping you out. But to your point, like as people listen to this and as people catch on, if everyone's doing it, then again, like I think there's like this rule. I don't know if it's made up or if it's, you know, real, but it's called like the law of of shitty click-throughs where the more often that people figure out a growth hack or some kind of thing, like the more often that people start sending text messages to people, the lower that people are going to want to open it and the lower that people are going to engage and therefore it hurts yeah. everyone, right? But like the early adopters yeah. of email, the early adopters of messenger, the early adopters of SMS, they reap the highest reward. So right now I'm sure for you, you probably have through the roof engagement and you probably will for the next six to 12 months. And so every single brand and their mother's brand is now doing this, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I would expect as well. Uh, but that's why I, was, I wanted to be early because it's like, it, it's not a perfect system and the list will only going to get like the stats are going to get less and less reliable. So better to have this set up early on and continuously do it. That was my thought. Yeah. Super smart. So the, the, that was the first thing I want to talk about was iOS and kind of the report and whatnot. The second thing, and then kind of want to end on this category is growth. So we have mm-hmm. similar size newsletters right now, right? We're in the mid 20,000 or so subs. We've got good engagement, good click through. I'm sure we have a lot of parallels in terms of how we grew our list. And I'm also sure there's some differences do you mind kind of sharing like some of the the recent things or some kind of the most effective things that you've done to really scale your list? And I mean, not only do you have 27,000 folks, but like they're, they're very engaged, right? If half the people are opening and, you know, almost one out of 10 people are clicking, uh, you know, a daily or almost every day, right? Five days a week, a newsletter, that's yeah, really strong engagement, right? And I've been on your list for, for years and now other folks have too. So can we talk about like, growth because you're you're attracting the right people right i'm sure if you wanted anyone and everyone you probably could have two hundred thousand people right you probably could add a zero to it if you just wanted a pulse but you have people that are like really loyal can we talk about how you've grown the, the newsletter sure um i would say first off the most effective things were um collaborations with different let's say like thought leaders in the marketing space uh communities facebook groups all these sort of things they helped a lot even to kickstart the newsletter back like uh, how many years ago, like three and a half, four years ago almost. Um, so that, that's something that I would say is very helpful. It's less scalable perhaps, but it's very helpful. And it starts on the right uh, track as you get the most engaged people. So that's been very good for us. And I would recommend to anyone to think about doing some sort of newsletter ads. Like, of course, I'm biased because we also sell newsletter ads. But at the same time, it's just like um, someone coming from another newsletter is probably worth three, four times more than someone coming from a paid social ad. On average, of course, there will be, you know, diamonds in each uh, category, but that's kind of the situation, I would say. So that's one of them. Another thing that's been quite helpful for us is uh, a referral system, which was more effective at first. Then it kind of uh, started to, without us testing and adjusting things, it's kind of uh, lost its power, especially in the last, I would say, four or five months. But we obviously want to improve that. But in the first year or so that was also very helpful so a referral system where you give away prizes that can be digital so very low cost it's like really helpful and nowadays you have a lot of tools that you can use that integrate well we use spark loop and it's easy to integrate pretty sure there's a few other ones i think i think viral loops is also doing something there um there's more and more newsletter tools that integrate their own referral program so there there's almost no excuse to not have one if you run some sort of newsletter. Like I always say, like even if you're an e-commerce friend, it sounds like you should have some sort of weekly newsletter and then having a referral system in some way probably makes sense. 
then uh, so those two were effective. Uh, and then another thing, well, two things. Paid social was so and so. Now this year it started being uh, uh, quite a bit better, so we're doing more of that, both Facebook and TikTok. And then the one thing that we've been we could say was pretty reliable were one-time giveaways. So they're they're a burst, right? Like if you give away, we did like iPhone, we did uh, uh, Apple Watch, we did MacBook Air. Like it's a burst for you know a day or two, three, whatever how long the giveaway is. But it's still pretty good quality subscribers overall because they're the incentive is on the people who refer. So the winner is someone who refers, yeah. not someone who signs up. So you don't sign not someone who signs up doesn't get a prize. So their incentive to sign up is just to read the newsletter still. Um, that's been pretty good. But uh, yeah, and that because it's been pretty good, we actually wanted to do something bigger now, which we still have running. Not sure when this is going to be published, but until 4th of February 2022, we have a giveaway in partnership with Flippa. So basically, we're trying to give away, well, we are giving away a uh, business worth 25K, which is, you know, that's been. Uh, by far the biggest giveaway that we've done. So we've done MacBook Air. That was the biggest before that we've done. So, you know, 25 times bigger. So let's see how that goes. Yeah, that football one's sweet. I mean, I think that that's really interesting. I think for a couple of reasons. One is there's probably a lot of intrigue and interest in your user base, right? You've got a lot of founders and marketers. So for them, you know, side hustles, side businesses, new businesses, whatever you want to call it, are are attractive, right? And you know, you're basically getting a free business up to $25,000 in value, right? So you don't have to spend as much time building a website or a blog, or if you're going to buy an app, probably at least have some kind of beta or MVP. So it really is going to cut down the amount of time for someone that wants to launch something new, like drastically. And the fact that a lot of your folks that listen to this or kind of subscribe to your newsletter or marketers, they now got to take something that is more or less ready to rock and roll. And they now get to use their marketing chops, right? Um, yeah, that, that was the logic. Yeah, and is Flippa uh, promoting it as well? Or are you kind of put, like they're kind of giving it away and you're the one kind of pushing the audience to um, it? We're the one, uh, so like we're the ones promoting it, they're the ones giving it away. And to kind of mention there, like one thing that it, it's harder to explain it in, you know, the copy and the giveaway uh, details. Well, like in the giveaway details, it's explained, but like as copywriting goes, easier to say 25, 25K business, but actually what it is, it's 25K credit on their marketplace. So if you want to buy a 50K business because you have 25K extra, you just get a discount. You basically get 25K from them. You can buy a bigger business if you can afford it. So that's also an interesting uh, thing. Or you could buy you know, a couple businesses that total up to 25K. So you could buy one for 15K. Uh, no, so you have to buy one business, but let's say you buy something that's worth 20K, you can get 5K in different services from Got their it. marketplace. Like if there is... I don't know, M&A services, I don't think you need that yet, but advisory things. Um, there's a few uh, topics that Philippa can help you with. Um, so you can still get those sort of services and use it for that as well. Okay. So the last thing I want to ask you is, I guess, related to this giveaway, but just more in general, like going through Flippa, just thinking about ideas in general, obviously you're not going to win. You're not going to rig it. But if yeah. you were to win, let's say, and you had the $25,000 to buy something, what would you buy? Would you buy a Shopify app? Would you buy a, a fitness blog? Would you buy a newsletter? Like what, what would you buy? Have you scrolled Flipper? Have you thought about that? Yeah. And actually what we do is for every, like every single day, we just show one of the interesting businesses that we found there. So it's like, Hey, if you're interested in uh, apps, if you think mobile apps are your strength, this might be interesting for you. If you're in e-commerce already, this might be interesting for you. So we have a few of those. I think personally what I would go for 
So let, let's say I'm in the exact same situation running the newsletter, so I would still uh, want to run the newsletter. Um, I would probably look at something that's content related and is, let's say, pretty stable, not necessarily like exploding in growth, but it's like pretty stable month over month in terms of profit and kind of low effort to do. So keep it on the side, maybe spend, uh, you know, 10 hours a week on it to try to um, expand it in a way. But I wouldn't want something like e-commerce. I've seen some interesting ones that are kind of either growing fast or have started declining because there's no more effort put into them. So for e-commerce, a lot of these stores that are listed there, they need a little bit more time. Then when you compare it to apps, mobile apps and uh, content uh, websites, which are kind of like, okay, they don't explode so quickly, um, but they're pretty stable. So I would go for one of those. Uh, At the 25K mark, you can probably get something that makes you over 1K a month profit or at least around there. Depending on how much effort you put in, you might be able to double that anyway. So uh, depends on what state it's in. But like, I don't know, 1K for nothing a month seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah, and I think for you, right? Like when you talk about your growth leverage, you talked about uh, like influencers and kind of partnerships. You talked a little bit about paid ads. You talked about a little bit about giveaways and referral. Uh, what you didn't mention was any SEO, right? So for you, for example, yeah, you could sure. find like a marketing content site or a blog or something in e-commerce or affiliate that was getting 10 to 20,000 you know, visits a month pretty consistently, right? Maybe if it's scaling, that's yeah. great. But if it's getting 10 or 20,000 people a month, right? You throw up you know, some kind of pop-up or some kind of email collection. You know, Maybe you convert, let's say on 10,000 people, maybe you convert 5% of those people, right? So now you have... 500 new people a month, right? That you could potentially add yeah. to the, the newsletter. So I think like, I think you're thinking about things the right way in the way that I would too, right? Like if I could find like an e-commerce review site or an e-commerce content site or an e-commerce blog, something that has some kind of relevance to the content I put out, the agency I run, the courses I create, right? Like that would yeah, make probably a lot more of about sense. the traffic that the website has rather than the revenue generates in a way, right? Yes. Yes, Exactly. Super interesting. I guess the last thing I want to end on, and I keep saying the last thing, um, from the report that you did, like the annual report, I know yeah. we talked a little bit about, I mentioned that you sent almost 5 million emails. You, you had talked about your open rate and your click-through rate. We kind of talked a little bit about subscribers, um, some revenue. Was there anything else that really stood out in that report that you thought would be interesting to share? Or we cover most of it? Uh, I think we covered most of it. I actually have it open here on this side as well. I can scroll through it. So I have it open so I can reply to any welcome emails. Like better to just have it here. I think that's the one thing. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of it. Um, I mean, well, we also mentioned like, I guess people also, because that, that's one of the things why people mentioned revenue. We also mentioned the profit in it, like expenses and profit and that, yeah. It's around 100K, so 99K uh, calculated on that revenue as profit after paying myself as well. Um, so that's probably like one of the things that is shared less often. Like we both know like, okay, revenue without context doesn't mean that much because you could be paying twice the revenue in ads to achieve it. So um, so it's like good to see like what, what the expenses there as well. Sweet, man. Well, dude, this was fantastic. So uh, I'll drop on the Stack Marketer Twitter, the Stack Marketer website, I'll drop your personal one. I'll drop the football giveaway and I'll share a link to the report. And I I really appreciate you uh, being here. Cool. It was nice chatting with you. Yeah, likewise, man. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye.